go to Matthew chapter 11, read verses 28 through 30. Y'all know the drill. For those of y'all that are visiting, they're, they're not praying their own prayer right now, I promise. They're letting me know that they're there. I know we've got quite a few visitors here today. Let's roll. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Let us pray. Father, I praise you. I just want to thank you so much for humility. Thank you for brotherhood, family. And Father, all of that is of you because that's all of love. I just praise you for that. Father, I thank you for, I thank you for 2021. I know I learned so much. I know, I know I made a lot of mistakes. But Father, you coached me through every bit of those mistakes. And I praise you for that. You can always take what is bad and make it good. I'm, I'm truly humbled for that, Father. Thank you. God, I want to pray for this congregation. With this year coming up, Father, I ask that you build us and make us even stronger than ever. Father, you told me when we started this church, you told me to train Joshua's. Father, I know this church is filling up with them. So, Father, I just ask that you continue to help me in leadership to do that. God, give us guidance along the way. Father, I want to thank you for friends that are here today. Visiting this church, it means, it means a lot, Father. It's confirmation that we did right by starting this church. I praise you for that. Because, Lord, you know I need it. Father, today you have given me a word. And this is something that a lot of people struggle with, myself included. Father, I just, in this moment, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I need you to take all of my pride, my doubt, anything at all, Father, that's blocking me from giving your word today. Father, I ask that you take it away from me and you replace it with your love, your patience, your guidance. I claim these things in your name, Father. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. So last week, Bojo preached, literally the title was the F word. Of course it was. <laughs> Thank goodness it was fear, you know, you know, you know, faith, it could have been faith, it's fear. You know, but what I love, and Bojo mentioned this, and me and him talked about this uh, Monday or Tuesday at the gym, but he sat down with a few people a couple nights before that, and, and I know some other people here in the church he had talked to, and they couldn't guess what that word was. They didn't realize, they kept, was it faith and family and, and, and Leroy said food? And I mean, you know, 
What I love is, is that y'all didn't know it was fear. We're doing something right at this church, Bojo. They're not, y'all don't even think about fear. Guys, that is stout. So thank y'all for actually grasping this stuff. You know what? Yeah, that's, you know what? Give yourselves a round of applause. That's huge. Well, we all want freedom from something in our lives. Some of us want freedom from an illness or a disease. Some of us want financial freedom. Our young Christian warrior teenagers want freedom from their parents. And then some of the Christian warrior parents want freedom from their teenagers. Again, everyone wants some type of freedom in their lives, right? I mean, I think we can all agree upon that. Today, I want to discuss a freedom that we all need. I need it and you need it. And that's today's title. Freedom from worry and anxiety. Mikey, that kind of looks like you. <laughs> I didn't, didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's right. Didn't even realize that. Okay, I need all of y'all to grab the notepads that are in front of you and grab a pen. Everybody share. There's not enough pens. I swear, y'all go through so many pens in this church. Every time I turn around, you know, Ashley's like, Mike, we got to buy more pens. My good gosh. I'll give y'all just a second to grab those. Okay. I need y'all to write down on that sheet of paper. First of all, don't put your name. Don't put your name. I need you to write down the biggest worry, whatever it was that made you more anxious than anything last year, in 2021. Write it down. Write it, hang on to it, we'll come back to that before the end of service. Some of us worry to death. Other people worry others to death. Like the Dallas Cowboys, they worry me to death. Like seriously, they, you know, they look so good one week and then they come out and just throw up an egg. I don't understand. But yeah, I know. It's, y'all be praying for them. As a father, I worry about my daughters. You know, okay, so there's, there's, there's three parts of my life. I'm a father and a husband, right? And, and I worry about my daughters, okay? Like, you know, you always worry about, I have three daughters, you know, so I've got a lot to worry about. But, but I'm going to be honest with you, the main one that I'm worried about is, is, is Caroline. That's my youngest daughter. She's eight years old. And, and, and I thought I was doing pretty good with her until the other day, and she came in. She said, Dad, she said, I, I got a boyfriend. <laughs> so I started to worry. And I said, what's his name? She said, I don't remember. Then I really started to worry. <laughs> Dang Caroline, I tell you what. She's she going to keep me and Amanda really busy, I promise you. I may, that might be the one that I send to, to the grandparents. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, on a serious note, my biggest worry is financial freedom. Y'all heard me talk about that. I think y'all know me well enough that I don't mind talking about my weaknesses on this stage because, again, he'll take my weakness and we'll make it out of it to be a victory. Amen? Okay? So financial freedom has always been my biggest fear. Again, you know, three daughters. Uh, I have to worry about weddings, colleges. Uh, in fact, Dad Gum and Annabelle is going to be 16 this year. I got to get her a car. You know, if y'all want to sell one to me at a really cheap price because your you pastor needs help, I'd highly appreciate it. But, um, you know, I, I think I'm that way because 
I've grown up in business. I'm, I'm a businessman. So, I mean, financially, money, like that's the main thing that you think about. And as a businessman, I'm always worried about uh, how, how do I get, uh, how am I going to afford to make payroll all the time? Because my employees have to take care of their families, right? They have to provide for their families. I worry about keeping the store inventoried, especially this time of year. Christmas is over, and uh, we had great Christmas. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, we got to re-inventory this thing, right? This is for my customers. And then you think about, you know, April's going to roll around, and then you got to pay these big taxes that come through here. I don't like those. And by the way, I, I tried, I thought about not paying those one time. My tax guy said that they kind of frown upon that. So I, I just continue to pay those, you know. But, and then last, I mean, as a pastor. I worry about is the church growing the right way spiritually? Am I doing a good enough job there? I, I worry about this congregation and their health. I worry about leadership and are we coming together all the time? Are we fighting together all the time? Are we coming closer together as a family? I worry about getting servers with the children, volunteers. There's a lot of things that I worry about. I worry about getting sermons together every week for you guys. I want to make sure I'm doing my best to get y'all something to take with you, right? And then a lot of times I get through preaching and when I leave, I'm worried about, did that even stick with anybody? Does anybody else worry like I do? Show of hands, anybody else? If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar, okay? But I still love you. I love you. We all worry about something in our lives. For some of us, it uh, has become a daily routine. Worry goes on and on and on. I once heard a, a, I once heard a man say that he, uh, if he had to worry about anything else, it'd take him two weeks to get to it. And, and, and this same man one time, he ran into his buddy, and he was talking about how worried he was about something, and... He told his buddy, he said, you know what, man? He said, I got so much going on. He said, I'll pay you $1,000 to worry about my problem. <laughs> and this buddy was, I'll take that $1,000. Sounds good. So he took the, you know, okay, I'll do that. And he said, well, where's the $1,000? That's the first thing you got to worry about. <laughs> During his sermon on the mount in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, Jesus is trying to tell us all something. I want to pull that up. If you could, Nick, Matthew Six, yeah, thank you. If you notice in these three verses, just in that short scripture of Jesus preaching on the mount in this area, he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Matthew 6, 31, do not worry. Matthew 6, 34, do not worry. Three times in this passage, Jesus is trying to tell everyone here at Christian Warriors Church, stop it. Stop it. Say it one more time. Stop it. <laughs> In fact, you know what? Look at your neighbor and tell them to stop it. They can't get mad at you. This is Jesus speaking right here. This is his words, okay? Stop it. Did y'all know that, and I had to do some research on this. Out of people that get consumed with something that they worry about constantly, they think about that on an average 
of every eight minutes in the day. Every eight minutes. Guys, that's crazy. I tell you what, I want to do this. Bojo, if you could do this for me. You got your cell phone? If you could get your phone and set an alarm or something eight minutes from now. Thank you. The problem about anxiety and worry is not that it happens. It's that you consume yourself with it and it starts to control you. Worry should never control us as Christians. Faith should always control us. You see, the size of your worry dictates the size of your faith. Ye with little faith has much worry. But then those that have faith the size of mustard seed can move a mountain, right? Let's go look again. Okay, chapter, Matthew chapter 6. Let's stay right there. Let's go to verses 31 through 32. I'm going to read those to you. Again, so do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Okay, when he's talking about pagans, he's talking about unbelievers. I need you to get that right off the bat, because that's the thing. Unbelievers actually worry about these things. And you say, well, what are these things? These things are the necessities of life. It's what you eat. It's what you drink. It's what you wear, okay? Jesus is telling us not to worry about these necessities. He's telling you God will provide these necessities to you. Here's the problem, though. We have confused the necessities of life with the extras of life. A lot of times, you walk yourself right into worry because of things that you really don't even need. We have confused what God promises us with what we want him to give us. I want you to think about this. So many people say this. They're like, you know, I need a new car. No, if the one's working, you really don't need a new car. You want a new car. Am I correct? I need a new house. No, if the one fulfills your family's needs, you want a new house, right? I need a new diamond ring. You're dang right you need a new diamond ring. <laughs> Moving on. Matthew chapter 6, <laughs> verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Okay, the key word here in this is first. First. How many of you seek him first? Or do you just think, you know what, this is silly. I just, I need a new car. I'm just going to go buy one. Well, do you really need it? So, but seek him first. Pray about that. Pray about even simple things like that. Pray about that. Put him first. The main reason we have worry and anxiety is because we do not seek him first for the needs that we actually need. We have our priorities out of order. Our God is a God of order. Y'all have heard me say this many times up here. And Jesus is telling us that if we get our priorities in his order, the necessities that we need in life will be provided. And that is a promise. We've all seen... Somebody on the side of the road holding up a sign that says, hungry. Some of us, I'm sure, have, have given to people like that. I think y'all know my heart. I love to give to people like that, but you can ask my children. I'll pray before I do. I'm going to listen to the Spirit. 
Because here's the thing, what are they really hungry for? I mean, because if they're hungry for food, you should be able to go grab some McDonald's and bring it back to them. It wouldn't be an issue, right? But you don't know what they're hungry for. Us as Christians are very similar here. We're walking around with signs saying things that we think we need. The problem is, again, if we just put hungry, God, what are you hungry for? God's, what's the problem? I've given you what you need. You've got to make sure that if you're sitting there and somebody's on the side of the road and you're going to give them something, if you're going to give them money or whatever, I'd find out what they're hungry for. Because if it's drugs or alcohol, you're not going to give it to them. You're not going to invest in that. If you put hungry on a sign, God's going to ask you what it's for. If it's for your family, it's a necessity, he'll provide. He'll be just like a lot of y'all have, and he'll have no problem handing out some money and helping out, or whatever it is in that situation. I said money just because I'm thinking about the guy on the side of the road. You need to make sure that when you're hungry, you let him know what you're hungry for. Amen? Let's finish up with uh, Matthew chapter 6. I want to go to verse 34. Love this verse. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble as it is. Quit worrying about tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread. It's daily. He promises you he will provide today. And, and here's the thing, don't worry about tomorrow because guess what? He'll meet you there. He's going to be there. So why worry about that today when you know good and well, just like he's with you today, he's going to be there tomorrow. He's not going anywhere. He's not like some of your buddies in the past that say they'd be there, right? He'll be there. That's a promise. Just quit worrying about tomorrow. And I want you to notice in this verse, Jesus never says anything about yesterday. Y'all know why? Doesn't matter. If it would have mattered, he'd have said something about it. That's in the past. Get past that. Forget the past. Okay, Micah, this is all well and good, but how do I stop being anxious and worrying about everything? The Bible tells us three things to do when anxiety and worry hits. The first one we're going to read is in 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to read verses 6 through 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So number one, humble yourself. How do you humble yourself? You go to him. You tell him you need the help. You let him know real quick. You put your guard down. You put your pride down. And you let him know, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I'm struggling. That's humbling yourself. If y'all are writing these down, by the way, I'm going to give you a list of all three of these at the end, so there's no need. You can take a screenshot of it. My, my, my wife told me the other day, she was like, you need to start listing things better because people are all over the place. And I, so y'all let her know I listen to her, okay? <laughs> Number two and three are actually in the same verse. It's one verse, and most of y'all, you seasoned Christians, will know this verse. It's Philippians 4, 6. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he does. Okay, so, number one, humble yourself, right? Number two, pray. Pray. He's not getting a call. If y'all remember, I told him to set that. Set it for another eight minutes. Y'all look at your neighbor and say, stop it. Stop it. Man, I had a real serious story and you just interrupted me right there. See, that's what worry does. See, worry messes up your whole day. I mean, seriously, think about it. I had this thing in order. I was supposed to give y'all something good. And see, that's what happens. Worry creeps in and it destroys your mind. You can't focus on what you got to do. Am I right? I didn't even plan that. Man, isn't God so good? Y'all give God a round of applause. Love it. All right, give me a minute. good okay so pray right that's that's what we're supposed to do don't don't worry about anything pray about everything right okay there's a lot of people and i know there is in this room that that struggle with anxiety and depression and worry i know that i get it i do too i, I get it i understand and it sucks right and and they tell you just just pray about it just pray about it okay well that's all well and good but a lot of times we struggle with that because we pray and we pray and we pray and nothing happens. But the greatest man to ever walk this earth gave us the best example of this. When Jesus was going to be crucified, he went to the garden, three disciples with him. They fell asleep. He wanted them to stay up and pray with him. They wouldn't do it. Because they're lazy. No, they're not lazy. They're just tired. They're up all, you know, they're drinking a lot of wine at, at the dinner. Never mind. Never. So I just always envision funny things like this. Like, it, it just, anyway. So here's Jesus praying. A lot of y'all know this story. Jesus was anxious, Jesus was worried. Jesus was depressed. He was literally crying tears of blood. The only way that your body does that is if somebody busts you an eye or your body cannot consume it anymore. It is completely done. It's overdone. It's anxious. It's, it's completely stressed out. The amount of stress it takes to do that, it is physically possible, but it very seldom happens. So here's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, crying tears of blood. He goes back to his disciples, tries to wake them up. Peter, get up. He's kicking him. He won't get up. Again, I vision this stuff all the time. Peter won't get up. He goes back and he prays again. Still worried, depressed, anxious. Comes back. This time it's like he, you know, throws water on them or something. They still won't get up. So he goes back 
again for the third time. Now, the reason he kept going back to his brothers because he felt like, I need help. I need help. I need somebody to help me with this. I need you to imagine what Jesus is thinking in that moment. Not only is he dying for all of our sins, which is so much spiritual pain, okay? I can't imagine. I struggle enough with, with, with some of you guys when I see y'all hurting. Like, that hurts me. I can't imagine the entire world, every sin before and after that is just piled on Jesus Christ in that moment. No wonder he's crying tears of blood, right? He's thinking about, in just a minute, they're fixing to come get me. They're going to take me. They're going to strip me of my clothes. They're going to shove a crown of thorns on my skull. They're going to beat me to a pulp. And they're going to hang me from a cross. And then they're not done. They're going to stab me with a spear in the side. It's the most agonizing death that you could ever think of. So all this is in his mind, right? So that's why it's coming back. I need help. Come back. I need help. Third time, he goes back. It's time. It's time. Y'all are all looking at me like I'm crazy. Here's the point. It took the Son of God three times to go back and to pray and to ask for God to give him the peace beyond understanding. Three times. So when you're struggling and you've gone back and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed, think about it. Even the Son of God had to go back three times to get that peace. Don't quit praying. Do you understand? Don't quit praying. One more thing I want to add to that. And, and some people are going to get a little frustrated with me, but I need you to let me finish. Okay? Jesus says, do not worry, right? So it's a sin to worry. But then again, you think about, wait a minute, you're in the garden and you're worrying, Jesus. Okay, here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. It's not a sin to worry because here's the thing, and I'm going to get to this in just a second. In fact, let me see if I can pull that up right now. Go to John 16, 33, Nick. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's Jesus speaking himself, and he's telling you that you are going to worry. The sin is not the worry. The sin is hanging on to the worry. Don't hang on to it. It's okay. Jesus Christ himself was anxious, depressed, and worrying. But if you noticed, what did he do? He did exactly what the word told him to do. He went back and prayed. And he came back and he wasn't done. He went back and prayed. He went back and prayed. It's okay. Those things are going to happen. But don't hang on to it. Amen? So you've got humble yourself. You've got pray. If, Nick, if you could go back to uh, 1 Peter Five, no, 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 I'm sorry, not First Peter. I'm sorry, Philippians 4.6. Yeah, Philippians 4.6. And thank him for all he has done. Worship. Worship. Humble yourself. Pray. And worship. That's the job. That's what you do. 
If you want to defeat anxiety and depression, the Bible lines it up for you right there. There's three things. Nick, if you could put that up. You already did. Thanks. <laughs> you always make me look bad, man. Nick's so good, man. He's one step ahead of me all the time. Thank you, Nick. Y'all give Nick a round of applause. Eh? <laughs> Write these three things down, guys. And, and, and I'm asking you guys again, the ones that I know, myself included, that struggle with these things, I'm challenging you from this day on, stop it. Look at your neighbor. Stop it. Start it over. This also helped me keep up how long I'm preaching, by the way. It's been 16 minutes, okay? Uh, hush, I don't want to hear it. I'm going by when you started it, okay? Now, the reason God gives us this outline of how to defeat it again is because he knows it's going to happen to us. He allows those things to happen to us. He allows stressful situations to enter our lives. So why doesn't God take anxiety and worry away? The answer is sad, and you're not going to like it because he knows us better than we know us. If he takes it away, are we going to go to him? His number one goal is to build a relationship with us. I want you to think about it. And, and I'm extremely guilty of this. When things are good, I'm not going to him as much. It's when the times get hard. He knows you'll come lean on him. It's our fault. If we would do what we were supposed to do, maybe he would take it away. Rewind. If you do what you're supposed to do, he will take it away. It tells you that right here. Amen? Again, I know some of you really struggle with this, and I do need you to know again that I understand and I know how serious it is. I really need you to grasp this, though. For those of you that really struggle with depression and anxiety and worry, have you ever thought that maybe it hits you harder than others for a reason? I'm going to repeat that question for those of y'all that struggle with this. Have you ever thought that maybe it hits you harder for a reason? I want you to hold that thought. I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 9. I'm going to give you a second to get there because we're going to read every one of those verses. Matter of fact, y'all give me some amens when you get there. This is very important. <clears throat> Amen. Go ahead, Nick. Starting with verse 6. 
This is Paul. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Verse 7, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan. And I don't know why that's capitalized, but I promise I didn't do that because you know I always lowercase Satan. That's, that's a mess up. I apologize. It needs to be lowercase, right? Amen? Thank you. Okay. Let, let me go back. I'm sorry. I got all, I a squirrel. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from lowercase Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Go ahead and go to eight. Three different times, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Does that sound familiar like Jesus in the garden? Each time he said, my grace is all you need. Thank you, God. My power works best in weaknesses. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. All right, guys, so get this. Anxiety and worry may be your thorn. That may be your thorn. It may be what keeps you humble. If you didn't have that thorn, would people see God working through you? Now, I need you to understand that doesn't mean that you can, that, that you should accept it. You still fight it, right? And it's through those fights and those battles of depression and anxiety that people see it and you become a light. Sometimes God will allow a thorn in your side. And the reason why that is, again, is to keep you humble, to keep you coming back to him like we discussed earlier. So for those of you that struggle with this, you can claim this as a victory if you know that that's just the thorn in your side. Because you know you can beat it. It's only there to remind you to go to him so you can allow him to beat it. Y'all feel me? Am I talking to myself? Like, I've got no head nods or nothing. Like, amen. Thank you. I want to close with something that should always help all of us worry less. It's a promise from God uh, of protection over us. It's one of my favorite verses. Psalms 91.11. For he... Will order and man, I'm gonna tell. I don't know how I messed this up so bad. He's supposed to be capitalized. Nick, I'm gonna start letting you make the slides from now on. You know, because you got that education, You a lawyer and stuff. You be able to handle all that. It's Cass County education. I'm, no, I be, I, we got some Cass County people here today. I love y'all. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. For he will order his. Say, how do I capitalize his and not he? Like this is messed up. For he will order his angels to protect 
you wherever you go. Do y'all notice that angels is plural? Y'all notice that? See, I at least got that it was plural. I got that part. Angels. Plural. More than one. God is promising you that wherever you go, you have at least two angels. Minimum two by your side. That's something you can walk with. That's something you can take. You need to understand that the next time you're worried about something, you're anxious about something, you're getting depressed, you got two of them standing right there next to you. And the cool thing about it is they're literally putting their arms around you. They know when you struggle. That's why God sends them to you. Multiple angels. Stop it. You can cut that off now. And you need to find a better song. Like that's, like, I get it, but you need some Creed or some Tupac or something like that in there. Like seriously. No, don't play Tupac in the church. I'm, not, I'm serious. Don't do that. Don't even be rolling up in the parking lot with that going, okay? I, your pastor never <laughs> listens to that at church. <laughs> All right, guys. Grab your pen and that note that I had you write out earlier that's got the thing that you worried about. Give y'all a second. Some of y'all are looking around because you dropped it on the ground. Some of you don't even know where it is right now. I can tell. <laughs> Zaire's laughing. He dropped his down there somewhere. It's okay. Roman, take it. Roman, yeah, that's cool. I want you to write somewhere around what you put 2021. This is a new year. Y'all gonna leave that in 2021. 